The world always has an original, whether it is in art or whether it is in every day. What happens if this is replicated and remade? Does it live up to the original? The Literary Licensed Podcast explores the world of the original and remake as we explore and see if the remake truly stands up to the original. With your host Joe Randazzle, John Wilson, Vicky Ray, and Keith Chago, where they ask the question, does the remake live up to the original? Welcome to the Licensed Podcast. This is Make Remake Week. We'll be discussing two films, the original and the remake. And this week we're doing Infernal Affairs, the Hong Kong film from 2002 and The Departed from 2006. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hello, everybody. And Joe Randazzo. Hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. And I'm your host, Keishago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Joe. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? Well, I missed uh, I missed the Batman podcast this week because I've been um, I've been working at the bar like I like like I you know my normal job and on top of that I've been uh, proctoring AP exams so I really have not had a lot of time to uh, really do a lot that I wanted to do because it's been uh, I've had a couple of twenty hour days in the last couple of weeks so uh, those have obviously been eating up a lot of time. Um, as far as uh, yeah, I've been um, I've been updating uh, my uh, my blog at joerandazzo.substack.com. I just uh, Wednesday put out a long uh, long piece about the uh, the Peter Bogdanovich film Targets, uh, uh, which was one of Boris Karloff's final films, and uh, which just I came- had never heard of until I read your blog. <laughs> really, it just came out in the Criterion Collection uh, this week, which is why I thought this is the perfect time to do it. So. Um, do you I went subscribe into, to the Criterion Collection. I mean, I there's, buy I buy their well, Blu-rays. Well, there's a whole channel. Like, oh no, I don't know because I I'm a big fan of physical media, and if uh, you know if I want to see it, I probably will want to own it. Um, I probably maybe I should subscribe to the Criterion channel so I can see a lot I of just, movies. But I no, didn't I know it existed until we got a Roku TV and it's just like, there's all kinds of stuff on there. I didn't know. Existed. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on the criterion channel that I realized will never be in the criterion collection. Like they did an eighties horror thing. And I'm like, criterion showing eighties horror is kind of not, it's not really their wheelhouse, but, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I love criterion. I love some of the stuff they put out because there's times where, uh, Every year around Christmas, people do give me Criterion Blu-rays, and I, I'll end up getting films that I never heard of or never, never thought of. And when I throw it in, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like, uh, it's how I discovered The Cremator. Uh, it's how I discovered Being There. Somebody gave me a copy of Being There, and I had never, never heard of it. And I, I threw it on, and oh my god, it's amazing! It's one of my favorite movies ever now. So, um, but yeah, maybe I should subscribe to the Criterion channel. See a lot. I'll probably end up seeing a lot more. But then I'm worried I'll never leave ever. I'll never walk out of the house because I'll just be. Yeah, you might never leave knowing you. This is true. Um. Uh. So yeah. I, um. So I did that. I, I did a uh, a long review on Targets, and I went into the history of how the film got made, how uh, Peter Bogdanovich, Roger Corman met, uh, met how the film ended up at Paramount. Uh, the later years of Boris Karloff's career um, and all that stuff. So uh, go check that out. Uh, again, it's joerandazzo.substack.com. Um, 
Shameless what? plug. It's a really good blog. I enjoy it. I learned something what new else every have time. I've really been doing lately. I'm trying to figure. I, I think it's just so. Uh, I've been working so much the last two weeks that I really haven't had time for much else lately. Busy is good. What about yourself, Vix? I've, I've been back home trying to help my folks out. Uh, I came home for a few weeks. I'm probably going to head back up there after I get stuff settled here. Um, other than that, not a lot. I had a lot of time to watch movies and stuff while I was in Northern New York. But um, I did start, I watched, I don't know why, I guess I was straying from the norm. I watched all of the Hunger Games, finally, all three of them in lieu of the apocalypse. <laughs> I watched Bullet Train. I don't know why everybody's dissing it because I actually liked it. Why is everybody being mean about Bullet Train? I Same here. I, I, I saw it and I was like, it's a perfectly enjoyable film. I yes, never understood. Yes, it is. I love Brad Pitt in it. I mean, it's, it's comedy. It's 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 kind of, you know, it's got your, your gore a little bit. It's got everything. He's like, leave it alone. And it's it's word for word for the book, really, because I had the, I got the book to review, so I reviewed the book last year. Is the year. book any good? Anything yeah, it's very good, but the only difference is that it's all um, Japanese characters, and so there's right. no Americans in it. So Gotcha. And uh, I was I watch. Oh, I started watching. I watched Fast and Furious Nine last night because I like it. You know, I've noticed like through the years, it got a little more way out there. Now they're strapping rockets onto Mustangs and taking on satellites. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I go, really, just really. <laughs> Remember this? Like, this, I this Fast is Fast and Furious, but I was this like, is oh. uh, a series that started out about a bunch of street racers bootlegging DVDs. Yes. Yes, and now they're <laughs> strapping rockets on the Mustangs and going into orbit. It's like, come on, throw me a bone. I love the series, but I was like, really? I know it's out there. I mean, no one drives like that, and no one surely, I mean, people probably steal cars like that, I'm sure. But you know what I mean? If you've watched any of the series, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And they're struggling trying to fill in the Paul Walker thing, you know? It's just like, here he comes with his blue car, but that's it. Empty seat at the table, blue car pulls up. But you never see Paul because we all know why. But I mean, I just keep wondering what they're going to do to address it in the new movie that's coming out. There, so. there is one major plot hole that I can never get over. In uh, uh, Fast and Furious 3, Han dies. Like right. in the series, Han dies. So but in that doesn't. universe, Han is dead. Completely. He does Completely. come back. But, spoiler, he does come back later on. But Dominic Toretto names his son Brian after the Paul Walker character. Right. Paul Walker's dead in real life, but his character in the movies is still alive. So why right. are you paying tribute to the guy that's still alive while completely ignoring the guy who's dead? I don't know. It doesn't make but wait any till sense. you find out how they resurrect Han in the ninth one. If you well, watch it, I've seen it's it already. Like, it's really out there. I'm just like going, mind I've blown. Se- I've seen going? it already. And uh, from what uh, from what I've read, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil who, but uh, other characters who are already dead come back in the new one. So death means nothing in this universe. No, it's sort of like a soap opera because they resurrect everybody at General Hospital every week too. You or know? or a Marvel film. Or a Marvel film. Or a Marvel. Film. Mar- Marvel and I, you know, Marvel took the lazy way out. They 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 just decided let's make everything a multiverse. So hey, I can kill this guy off and. Go, Hey, let's just pluck them out of another universe and stick them right here. Yeah, it's infinite. Confusing. It's infinite. We can have a million Captain Americas running around. We'll just take one from like another it. you universe. Know, it's detracting from the special. You know what I mean? A little bit. Well, when that you once was, 
when you get to the point where death doesn't mean anything in a story, you're then you can't like you you've made the ultimate finality completely meaningless. Yeah, and you know whatever you know whatever Marvel fans eat me. The, the the movies suck now. Sorry, they just do. And part of it I is because I have to back you up on this. I'm totally part of, it, you. part of it is because they took the lazy way out of I'm just going to okay. Oh, we killed that character off. Let's just pluck him from another universe, and we're 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 fine. And that's that's it's lazy writing. And I there's nothing I hate more than lazy writing. <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of like Dungeons and Dragons. I was kind of excited to see that. It came out of Paramount. I'm glad I didn't go to the theater. Well, Asher still hasn't seen it, my grandson, but I was oh, kind of I didn't know that was already that was already streaming. I it is as of this week. Oh, okay. But I wanted to, I just I was all excited to see. Maybe it's because I'm an adult and nothing thrills me that because I'm a hard customer now. I'm desensitized and all kinds of things that happens to us adults. But um, maybe he'll like it though. But I was kind of hoping for more dragons in Dungeons and Dragons. I got a, they got an obese dragon that's trying to kill them. I mean, it's a fat fucking dragon, and you know, <laughs> it's just like you know the dragons I'm expecting. I'm rain of fire dragons, you know. And then they, they it's just it's it's they got the goofy cartoon characters like, but they're real, you know. And I, I just I don't know. Maybe like I said, maybe he'll like. I was expecting Dungeons and Dragons. With a little comedy, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like I said, a tough customer. But other than that, not a whole lot going on. We've got, it's getting hot in Texas. I've got flies. I don't even know how they get in here. It's like Ethiopia in my kitchen today. Because everybody keeps keeping my screen door open. But other than that, no complaints. What about you, Keith? Just work. Sorting out the wedding in August. And um, sorting out all that sort of stuff. And everything's fine works hell at the moment everyone's leaving and quitting again so really yeah um they offered me double pay if i stay after march but um that good that's good right i'm not gonna stay i want to leave i mean if it wasn't for ferris um at the moment i would leave tomorrow Ah! just gotta be patient i guess honey yeah patience is and patience is something i'm not very good at i anyway, know so. i know i just like i'm, I'm, on, it, for you. <laughs> I'm on everything i want everything done yesterday you know so but you know um besides that, yeah, besides that i mean we're watching um paris and i are watching titans i'm um, getting ready for season four to come out over here in june um i mean i love titans i highly suggest it if you're a dc fan I mean, the guy who plays Robin is brilliant. The one who plays Jason Todd. I was excellent. enjoying it, and then I realized my grandson couldn't watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, oh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's like brutal. This, yeah, I got turned. Well, there was this little bit of something. There was some. I couldn't explain it to him, so you know. Yeah, well, there's violence and sex. And yeah, he can't well, his mother will kill me. I would kill me. Mm-hmm. So he's only ten. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> it's like, whoops, off. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's because you think it's going to be because Marvel, I mean, I guess I was describing this to Ferris is is Marvel is family friendly, but DC is adult friendly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I I love DC, though. That's why I like them so much. Yeah, I like it. I like it because it's dark. It's dark and sinister. Very dark. Marvel's quite a light and bright, brightly colored, I guess. So.
And on that note, that brings us to Infernal Affairs, which is a 2002 Hong Kong action thriller film co-directed by Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. Jointly written by Mack and Fila Kong, it stars and Andy Liu, Tony Lung, Anthony Wong, Eric Tsang, Sammy Chang, and Kelly Chen. The film follows an undercover Hong Kong police force officer who infil- infiltrates a triad and another officer who is secretly a spy for the same triad. It is the first in the Eternal Affairs series and is followed by Infernal Affairs 2 and Infernal Affairs 3. The film was selected as Hong Kong entry for the Best Foreign Language Film at the 76th Academy Awards, but was not nominated. Merrimax Films acquired the United States distribution rights and gave it a limited U.S. theatrical release in 2004. Martin Scorsese remade the film in 2006 as Departed, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture as well as Academy Award for Best Director. Scorsese's first and only Oscar in his career and Best Adapted Screenplay in 2017, an Indian remake of the film was also planned. A 4K, a 4K remaster of the Infernal Affairs trilogy was released on December 12, 2022 to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Infernal Affairs. It also should be noticed that there are two versions of this um, due to Hong Kong rights. An alternative ending for the film was shot in order to comply with the Article 25, Number 7 of the Chinese Film Administration. Regulations specifying that film cannot propagate obscenity, gambling, or violence, or abate to commit crimes. In the original Hong Kong ending, Lao concealed his true identity as a triad spy and identified himself as a police officer to avoid the legislative punishment. Therefore, the original ending version promotes criminal activity and injustice, and an alternative ending was filmed in order to access the market of mainland China. In an alternative version, Inspector Chang discovers evidence of Lao's criminal activity and immediately arrested Lao outside the elevator. This alternative ending is only available in China and Malaysia. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Infernal Affairs and be right back.
Hello, welcome back to the podcast. We're discussing Inferno Affairs. So, Joe, what are your thoughts about Inferno Affairs? Well, this is a movie I had to watch twice because it was the um, first time I was seeing it. Uh, I had uh, I had seen The Departed a lot of times, and I, fa- I caught myself while I was watching this going, wait, how do they do this in The Departed? So I had to go back and rewatch it. For the most part, it's exactly, you know, it's a lot of the same movie. Really, really good stuff. Um, I like the different opening in this one, which I don't know why I'm talking about a different opening here when this is the first one. Um, great performances around. Uh, I, I always liked the, the, all the, all the twists and turns in the, uh, in the story in both versions. Um, really good to see like a really young Tony Leong who, who's, uh, you know, now becoming kind of a, kind of a huge star in the United States. Um, the, uh, the fact that the, the girlfriend and the, uh, wait, hold on, what is the character's name? Hang on. Sorry. Cause I'm, there was the girlfriend are... and then there was the psychiatrist. Yeah. Was... Which was kind of weird to me they because it's different than the, in the, well, in the, in the Scorsese version. They combine them as one. Yeah. Character. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, so yeah, what, uh, yeah, it is, is it? senior inspector. And yeah, Andy Lowe. Yes. Okay. So yeah, um, this is this is going to be weird because this is one of those times where like the the original is a version that I'm that I'm not as familiar with. Um, Uncharted territory for Joe. Finally, it it, it is because <laughs> like normally like for a long time I couldn't find this here, and I'm actually thankful uh, Criterion put out the. Um, uh the trilogy last year so when it when it came out i was like you know what i'm gonna watch them anyway so i just bought them um but yeah this is uh it's it's funny because a lot of the stuff that i want to say is the stuff that i also want to say about the departed i just have to kind of change it into hard to enter without interchanging these two we might have to ixnay on that because I don't know how to could do it without comparing movies all at once with this one yeah that that's where i'm struggling right now like i'm kind of struggling trying not to compare them They're so them. similar yet they're dissimilar this is yeah they're they're very they're very much plot line the same movie as as the departed it's so almost the exact same thing as scorsese adapted it from i mean he kept pretty much everything he, almost the same he kept almost everything and then he added to it which from what i read he's he, uh, 50 the, minutes well, 50 he, minutes worth. well what i mean is from what i've read what he added to it was from other films in the trilogy which i haven't seen yet which i didn't know until you just said that i was thinking i didn't get around to watching the other two but i'm going to because apparently i really love it yeah apparently the filmmakers of this one are like hey scorsese's version is fine but our our version is better i don't know that i necessarily agree um but they both it's, are exemplary in certain areas. So. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I the the building here is a functioning, you know, the building that uh um the superintendent uh, Wong is thrown from in this building is an active, active building that people are are, are going into, whereas it's a building that looks like it's gonna be demolished in the Scorsese versions. Uh, so there's all these little there's all these little subtle differences. Um this one, of course, like I was gonna say, Scorsese had to had to. Oh, update would you think it. that The Departed is maybe more grounded than the Asian I think, brother? I mean, they're, they're both very think, grounded. Like this I, one doesn't I think, waste any time. Yeah, I think Inferno Affairs to me seems more realistic, and it does. It feels like everyone 
it doesn't feel like anyone's acting. Yeah. The departed, departed just feels like an actor's exercise. Well, so maybe we're just used to the heavy hitters that were in the departed as you know, opposed to people who aren't as well. well no, I, I also I also think it's just because I think with Hong Kong films, there's more of a there's more of a realness. There just seem to be, you know, even when you watch, you know, even if you see something that's a little bit, you know, expanded, like, you know, crouching hidden tiger, crouch, crouching right. tiger, hidden dragon. If we even when you watch that, even though it's out there, everyone is seems to be really rooted in reality and they kind of stay in reality. So there is this kind of balance that I found with Infernal Affairs where all the characters feel like it's they, they almost feel like they are they're living that character that basically that you're you know that you're you know that basically they just put a film people and they just film people who do this job sort of thing uh-huh. they kind of had that feeling about it where but if, um i mean i don't know i mean I, I mean reading subtitles is you know a bit different than um you know, well, I think it's more language. comprehensive, anyway. though, when you're reading the subtitles. And I think you get more. Not people don't like it, but I've always gotten more out of subtitles. It makes you pulls you into the movie more. I don't because maybe because you're paying more attention. I, I don't well, yeah, know. You, ha- you have to pay more attention because you, you can't you can't have it on in the background while you're doing something else. So, yeah, you, you got to sit there and give it your own. Yeah, you attention. can't just leave it running, you know, like you would another movie, English speaking. One one thing here is I, I uh, this one I think spans a longer time frame than, than the Departed because the Departed, Departed I feel like that, three years, that's I only think. like three or four years or something or and something. And this is ten. Yeah, this takes place over, he over the course his life of ten. Back years. after ten years working for the mob. Well, he well there's the there's the like uh, Costington in the uh, in the remake. You do have that scene where he's like, "I just want my life back. I just want my life yeah. back." Except in this in this case. It's not just fear for his life. Um, it's also this has been my life now for ten years. There's yeah. there's more there's more gravity to the situation. It's like I you know nothing that I've done in the, everything that I've done in the last ten years has been kind of this double life of being a criminal, but at the same time being a cop. And you've got that line of dialogue of um, you've got the the line of dialogue on the rooftop about you know in both cases when he's talking to the superintendent and later on when he's talking to uh uh to Lau, yeah uh, uh, uh you know where, where he's kind of expressing that he doesn't like he's, he doesn't know who he is anymore and uh uh Lau's girlfriend is writing uh writing that novel where the main character doesn't right. know if he's a good guy or a bad guy anymore right. so there's a lot at play here yeah that, she was in the end she goes i don't know how to write write the write this guy is he a good guy or is he a bad guy so by then she knows what she's buried to so she yeah. knows he's not probably a good guy but I mean, but I guess, is anybody a good guy in this movie, really? When you think about it, well, one, you know? I think I mean, Washington I think that's what, but I think that's or, what they're saying is that no, no one really is a good or a bad person, though, are they? They are just they have they to do are. bad things being undercover. Yeah, you know? um, and, but for, but you're doing bad things for the greater good. I mean, that's the right. understanding, and I I think that's why I felt this this film for me felt more realistic because of the I think it's because of the ten year span that you have. Because the ten years span, and then so basically, he, by the time you know when need the film, you know when you get to the point, you know the, by the finale, there is something extremely real about that because you're like ten years, 
a decade of your life sort of thing. And the endings um, are so shocking in both films. I mean, first time I seen The Departed, I'm not going to say, but I would not expect in that ending. <laughs> it's no. like, wow. It's like, damn. I didn't expect, I knew it was going to happen in this one because I knew it was predecessor, but. Well, Scorsese played up the, uh, um, the twists and turns a lot in the, in, in the remake. The only, uh, the only downside, if I can even call it that, the Scorsese remake is I feel like the Scors- I feel like the Departed uh, falls into that Hollywood trap of uh, of just spelling everything out for you, right? Mm. right. Um, and if there if there's going to be a uh, an issue for me with that one, that's the only one. Uh, this one doesn't coddle you; it it it, it trusts you enough. To, that, that you're going to understand what's going on without it having to explain itself to you. smart, I mean, for directors to do that because people want to be pulled into the I, film. We're not babies that need to be held by the Yeah, but... I don't uh, think but, it's, uh, all, but, it's but, often I, the directors. I think, I think it's usually the studio. I think, yeah, yeah the studio, studio, studio think that people are stupid and they want to make sure the lowest nominator can understand everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, well, because yeah. that, I mean, and I, I think, you know, and Hollywood, Hollywood is the make money where I think Hong Kong, with a lot of films that you come see coming out of Hong Kong, is about the art, the art of making films. And if people come and see them, that's great. That's a bonus. But it was like, if it doesn't make money, oh, well, we'll try better next time. But it's not this whole thing about it's not a money making machine over there. And it's right. important. I mean, I know that it's important that they make money and stuff like this. But I think they're I mean, there's also government money that gets thrown into their films as well sort of thing so it's not it's not all about budget um and do you think that the american version of the departed was maybe slower than its asian counterpart because i thought that the 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 asian one really just it just kept going well the fact that it's like nearly an hour shorter because it it, it gets it gets to the point quicker um and it covers a longer period of time as well right Yeah, aesthetically, anyway. I mean, there, there's there's different, like there there's some things that I remember, and, th- and this is again why I had to watch it twice, because uh, I remember watching, you know, the first time I was watching Infernal Affairs, I was like, wait a minute, this this thing in the movie theater is happening now. Doesn't that happen much later in The Departed? And uh, I found myself kind of distracted in that in that realm. So I did have to go back and watch it again after I rewatched The Departed. But yeah, this this does. Well, I mean, it's an hour shorter, but yeah, it's got all the the main story beats and it gets to them quicker because, well, they're doing it in in far less time. And yeah, this one doesn't have as much uh, as much like fluff as the other one does. It's lacking the Hollywood luster and it's a more much more raw film. And that's why I find it. Definitely. I mean, they they both work on, on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I also think the director uses the camera and the pictures to tell the story. Where all, where, all the angles and stuff and all the... Well, yeah, yeah where Scorsese tends to use more of the dialogue. I think they thing. said they use free frames and a desaturation filter are implemented. Fast cuts and multi-angles give you constant sense of speed to the film in a kinetic pace. Joe probably knows what I just read. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 thing, the thing about Scorsese, Scorsese's version... You know, you which you know we'll, we'll get more in depth in that. You have all these actors that are just chewing scenery because you're yeah. you're going to that movie to see Leonardo DiCaprio, to see Jack Nicholson, Matt to Damon. see Mark Wahlberg, to see uh, Matt Damon, um, Alec Baldwin. 
uh, Vera Farmiga. You got all these, but especially Nicholson. Nicholson, what, 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 we'll, we'll get to that. Nicholson just right. chews the scenery every scene he's in. He's it, it's, He sucks it's, all the oxygen out of the room. He always has. <laughs> he just does. He just all, all eyes on me every time I'm on camera. Uh, so I think that's that's one thing here. We're here. The only actor that I know now is Tony Leung. And that's only because he's become a huge star here in the States now. And he was uh, yeah, recently due to, in, due to Marvel and stuff. As yeah. Well, due to the Marvel much. movies. So. I mean, this film won 23 awards. Well-deserved. It's one, I, I, I think it's an almost perfect film uh, as it is. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, won Man. 23 awards, but was nominated for 35. I got to see if this alternate ending's on the Criterion Blu-ray. I'll, I'll check it out after, after we're that, done here. Did they, I, I, they didn't see where I had an alternative ending where I could... I, I mean, there's just no happy way to end this movie. I mean, I'm, the alternative's going to suck no matter what. <laughs> the subject matter... Yeah, the subject matter doesn't lend itself to any character having a happy ending. And that's no, one thing we should actually that. talk about is the very different endings in the two movies because here... Laos survives. Yes, and uh, the the, uh, the he name come back of, in the second. I have no movie? idea. I have no idea. I'm assuming the trilogy is about him. Keith would know, I guess. Well, I mean, he's got to live with a lot of guilt. I mean, I I think that it was weighing him down completely. Well, that's his interaction and all of this. Well, that's where the that's where the the title of Infer- Infernal Affairs come from comes from. He's created his own hell. Yeah, because even when he does decide at the end, I'm going to be the good guy. All he's the not. actions yeah. that that he, everything that he's done in the course of well, in the course of his you know his Tenure. adolescence to yeah. now, um, made it so that that's not that that's something that's not actually possible anymore. He, no, you know he no the groundwork's already been laid, and there's just nowhere getting out of it. Yeah, but you know you, you just I didn't I did not understand. Well, I mean in 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 the Departed, DiCaprio gets it from the front. Doesn't he? I mean, he just opens up the elevator and gets it. But this comes from behind in the elevator in this version. No, wait a minute. DiCaprio gets it from behind too, doesn't he? I thought. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. Elevator door opens on the bottom floor. And the guy's already standing. Yeah, in this version, yeah, you're he right. He gets it from behind. In this version, the uh, the other guy's behind him. Yeah. Oh, that uh, that's, an, that's another huge difference, by the way. In this one, they lay out early that. Um, uh, what is his name? That Sam has all these, uh, all all these, uh, these tentacles in there. They lay that out right at the beginning. Um, they, he he's sending he's sending all. It's actually the, the difference is here. We sh- we see Sam sending all these boys off to join the police, whereas in the yes. in, in the Departed later on, which we'll talk about, you have. The uh, you have them showing uh, you you show them going through police training and you only yeah. know. God, I'm I, I'm just spending so much time talking about the Departed. What the fuck are we going to talk about in in ten minutes? Um, well, so we'll get to that. But yeah, uh, in this version, you have you, you start with Sam with a bunch of boys and showing them how they're going to go into into the police and yo yo go go join my uh, my my officers or whatever the line is. Um, so we know from the very beginning that Lau is not the only person. We just don't know who else. And is. he uses Morse code. That I thought was a good, well, that's, really good. Uh, Morse code is, uh, is uh, Chan. Chan's using Morse code to communicate to Wong. Right. Um, which is something else that, yeah, we, um, 
Yeah, I thought so that was, was kind of a cool little tidbit because nobody does Morse code anymore, not in the 2000s for the most part. So it was kind of interesting that they interjected that as the way he was communicating. And that's when he had the phone. Remember, he had Lau had the phone and he had the uh, plastic bag on it. He starts tapping on it, you know, to see who it. I mean, I thought it was just an interesting scene. Well, and then the uh, the scene where he he breaks uh, he breaks Chan's cast, and they you know yeah they, they don't see the whole setup behind the window because he's sitting there tapping tapping the glass on the window to yes. to, to, oh to let Superintendent yes, Chong know what's going that. on. It's like it's shit <laughs> again, a yeah. fantastic scene. Uh, more subtle here, much yeah. more subtle here. <laughs> But it's uh, so well done, though. I mean, I, I actually hardly, I hardly got up and moved. Maybe just go bathroom. But I mean, I was pretty into it when I was watching. I thought it was excellently well done. I mean, it kept my interest in the subtitles. I mean, a lot of people just don't want to do subtitles. And I always try to, I used to be one of those people. And I always tell everybody, give it a chance because you're probably missing a great movie. You really are. And this was one of those examples. This one also, uh, where, where Scorsese uses classic rock and everything. This one had a... They both had, had a good sound. This one had a very that. sludgy, heavy metal sound at, at points, which I, which I yeah. really liked. I think he used... Who did he use? I, I know he used... Um, oh, yeah, he used Roger Waters, Beach Boys, Rolling Stones. Oh, no, wait, 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 that's The Departed. I'm talking about yeah, this the one. <laughs> but the other one, it was kind of sludgy. Kind of, You're right, it was sludgy, but it was it was popular um, music for, for Asian people. Although I don't know it, but I thought it was really good music for the, the movie because it's, it kind of fit in with everything. It sounds you know, a lot like it sounds a lot like Fear Factory and stuff like that in the yeah. uh, in this version, which I, I, I really enjoyed that, too. Um, God, I, this is this is so weird because it's we're spending so much time comparing the two that it's I don't know how to do this without it. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I can't do it this time. <laughs> Well, I guess before we move to the departed, why don't we rate this um, Infernal Affairs? How many stars would you give it, Vicky? I'd give it a solid four and a half. And the only reason, I mean, there was really, I, the only reason is probably because <clears throat> sometimes it was hard for me to concentrate on it. I mean, I if I left for a I mean, if I looked away and I missed the, the whatever of the subtitles, I was fucked. So I would have to roll it back. Other than that, I loved it. It was a real good movie. What about yourself, Joe? I give it five. There's a lot of themes here that um, are perfectly spot on the way the way they're the, the way they they examine them. Um, I like the uh, I like the aspect of creating your own hell. I like oh, the yeah, idea man. that 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 the Lau is hell. still alive at the at the end of this movie because now I want to go. I want to watch Infernal Affairs two and three and. I'm probably going to have time in the next couple of weeks to actually watch them. So I'm really looking forward to that. I really wish I would have started this series like a week sooner because then I might have been able to knock out two and three and been able to go more in depth into what happens. Because I uh, have you seen all three, Keith? Yeah. Does, does it become does it become uh, does it become the Laos? Is it basically like all three are about Lao or no? No, it's not. But the second film is about another. Um, it takes place at the, in the same time frame, but it deals with someone else. And then the third one brings La, um, gives, brings Lao back. So it shows him 
six months before the film and 11 months after what happens to the character in the second film. Okay. And it goes back and it goes back and forth. And so how, he doesn't and have a steady part. He doesn't, he's, he's not, he's very rarely, he's, I don't, yeah, he doesn't appear in the second. So it's basically another set of people that the story's. Well, it's the same. Well, all the other characters are there. It's just somebody else has got that, that he doesn't know about. That's actually, um, is actual, um, a undercover cop as well. And they're, and they're friends. The other one does appear in the other one. So, but then you Talk find, about then a trust issue someone. set of movies, man. There's just like massive trust issues all the way. Who is a good guy? Who's a bad guy? Mm. It's, a, it's a lot like but, life. You don't know when you meet somebody, they're a good guy or a bad guy. You just, they just kind of show themselves to you. And somebody who's a good guy to you might be a bad guy to someone else. That's true. Like I could be, I could be nice to you and be a total prick to somebody else. And you're going to think of me as a, as, as a decent person. This person's going to be like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm going to rate this a solid five because I love this film and I think it's well done. And I can, I actually can well watch this film. I've watched this film quite a few times and I quite like this film. So absolutely, I just, I just like the essence of it. And it's one of those films over here that did extremely well. And everyone loved, you know, it's one of these films that people, you know. And actors up and coming here too. It, so. What's so. his name again? Um, the, the lead actor, what's his name? Tony Leon? Yes. He's he's getting very popular in the Western society, you know. So again, thanks to the Marvel films. So yeah, he's they 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 are doing that at least. They are bringing in people from uh, from other regions that you know Americans might not know, and yeah. making and making them stars in the West too. Which you know what I I may I may complain about the movies themselves, but yeah, you know, uh, I haven't seen Guardians three yet, and I've heard it's fantastic. So don't so let's chill. Oh, on that. that's right. Yeah, I've heard but, good things about it. I heard you can't not, Guardians. The, the other ones are just a riot. I mean, they, they, how could they ruin this on us? It's like so, please, they can't. So that's uh, that is one thing that I, that I feel Marvel's doing right is it is bringing in stars from other cultures and bringing them out here and we're 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 you know we're getting a look at them we're, and hopefully it leads hopefully it leads to people who like Tony the Young in those movies to check out Infernal Affairs. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Something fun to watch. Really good rainy day movies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and this is Infernal Affairs, at least part one, uh, is going to be one that I will revisit over time because I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I watched it twice in a week. That's what I did. Actually, I almost watched I watched it once on my mother's, and I watched it twice here so I know what I was talking about. <laughs> but it wasn't that much of a burden watching it because, you know, with movies like that, you always see something you didn't see before, especially because it's subtitled. So. It has a bunch of, you know, it's, it's, there's always something that I, I yeah, and I do feel with this kind of movie, especially when it's subtitled, and, and you know, we're we're not, you know, we're not native to that language. Maybe you should watch it twice, once to let it kind of wash over you. You know, you're you're looking at the subtitles, you might not necessarily be looking at what's going on because you're you're reading here, and then you go back and you watch it again, you get a fuller experience. Because there were things that I, I know I didn't notice here the first time. And then when I when I brought him up during the departed, and I, I watched both with uh, with Sean, he was like, "Oh, they did that in Infernal Affairs too." And I, I you know, and then when I went back and rewatched it, then I saw it. But yeah, you don't always uh, see everything, especially especially the first time.
Well, this brings us to The Party, which is a 2006 American epic crime thriller film directed by Martin Scorsese and written by William Monaghan. It is both a remake of the 2002 Hong Kong film Infernal Affairs and also loosely based on the real-life Boston Winter Hill Gang. The character Colin Sullivan is based on the corrupt FBI agent John Connolly, while the character Frank Costello is based on Irish-American gangster and crime boss Whitley Bulger. The film stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, and Mark Wahlberg, with Martin Sheen, Ray Winston, Vera Farminga, Alex Baldwin, Anthony Anderson, and James Badge Dale in supporting roles. The film takes place in Boston and the surrounding metro area, primarily in the city's South End neighborhood. Irish mob boss Frank Costello plants Colin Sullivan as a spy within the Massachusetts State Police. Simultaneously, the police assign undercover state trooper Billy Costigan to infiltrate Costello's mob crew. While both sides realize the situation, Sullivan and Costigan each attempt to discover the other's identity before they are found out. Departed was the critical and commercial success, receiving acclaim for his direction performance, particularly in DiCaprio, Nicholson, and Wahlberg, screenplay and editing, with minor criticisms for its plot holes. It won several escalades, including four Oscars of the 79th Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Wahlberg was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor. The film also received six nominations at the 64th Golden Globe Awards, six nominations at the 60th British Academy of Film Awards, and two nominations at the 13th Screen Actors Guild Awards. DiCaprio was nominated for Golden Globe Award for Best Actor, Motion Picture Drama, also named that year in the same category for Blood Diamond. BAFTA Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role and Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Supporting Role for His Performance. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer The Departed from 2006, and we'll be right back. When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. What I'm saying is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? This is not the regular police. This is the state police. We are an elite unit. This is who we're after. Frank Costello. You won't be paid as a regular cop, but there's a bonus involved. So what do I do? You will not ever know the identity of undercover people. You have anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe. Do you know who I am? Maybe not. When I have my associates search you. That was quick. Things dead already? Get your hands off me! I think we could work something out. We are all convinced that Costello has at least one mole inside the Special Investigations Unit. There are parts of my job I can't talk to you about. Man, you are trouble. You don't know the half of it. You better get organized, quick. Hey, last time I checked, I tipped you off and you're not in jail. Getting the feeling we got a cop in my crew. Soon a lady's gonna find out who I am and he's gonna kill me. You just gotta let me do it my way. If you don't, it won't be me who pays for it. There is no fate you are receiving. There is a leak from the inside. It's real, man. Smoke him out. There are things you don't want to know about. Your lips, boo, but I can't what are you waiting for, honestly? I mean, 
Do you want him to chop me up and feed me to the poor? Is that what you guys want? How's your mother? She's on her way out. You all are. Act accordingly. Hello, welcome back to Lose Lives Podcast. We're discussing The Departed from 2006. So, Vicky, what are your thoughts of The Departed? Loved it. It had some of my favorite actors in it, but um, I, I, it, was, it was really suspenseful. I mean, you really don't know what to think when you're watching this, because honestly, is the good guy the bad guy and the bad guy's kind of the good guys? I mean, it just kind of fluctuates back and forth. Who's Who is good and who is bad? The only one I could just figure is good was Martin Sheen, you know, who yeah. played uh, the, the head, the heffy there, as did, you know, the other guy. Well, they both end up dead in either movie because that's just the catalyst that I think that that it leads to the ending such as it is. You know, I mean, I would give the movie just just a straight off five just for mind blown for the ending. I was not expecting any of that shit at the end. I mean, after going through all this. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio did a, had a great performance. I mean, talk about the struggling person. Maybe he just wants to get out of this mess that he's been into, and he can't get out of it, you know. And then, and then you got these. You know, I, I still can't figure out Mark Wahlberg as the sergeant. It was was he the good? Was he good? Because he, he wasn't yeah. really good because he got well at the end. That was in um, he he killed Matt Damon right because. He killed the other two, Constigan and, and the sergeant or the captain. Yeah, exactly. That, see, yeah, he, he is. He is. But he was also somebody that was playing both candles at, at burning them at both ends. Wasn't he? He wasn't. Or was no. he just straight up. He was. He was just. Yeah, he was just uh, uh, just straight up uh, Qu- Quinlan's boy. And one of the one of the people that Quinlan trusted that isn't you know part of costello's gang and the question that i was going to ask you guys farming out in the movie she's also the psychiatrist but she's also matt damon's girlfriend who also (laughs) sleeps with leonardo dicaprio who is her client and then she specifies she's pregnant a couple weeks later is she pregnant with dicaprio's baby or is it matt damon's baby I mean, there's just so many they, questions. They, they, I have. they don't really, cla- I mean, they don't really clarify, but I think that's the problem with like combining the female care. I mean, this is, this yeah, is, make sure to a bad where, therapist. Yeah, well, this, this is, well, this yeah. is where Martin, this is where Martin Scorsese is not very good when it comes to female characters anyway. Yeah, is that your opinion? Because I've never really noticed. I, I guess Scorsese, well, it's Scorsese. I well, mean, I mean, I mean, look at Scorsese's female characters, Lorraine yeah. Bracco. Um, yeah. Sharon Stone's character. Oh, um, true. He doesn't like women, does he? <laughs> mm, well, and the thing, and, and the far. thing is, is, and the thing is, to combine the this one character into one. True. That's right. Kinda, the book and the basic instinct is totally different. So yeah, you're right about that. So you kind of get this convoluted female character that, in a, in a way, it's kind of like because i think in infernal affairs the female character is there to keep him grounded right here the female character is just there is just that there and just add this kind of a, a sex thing 
like this this you know the love triangle kind of that's not really a love triangle because there's no feelings going on between this love triangle anyway they're just it's a sex for one and a relationship for it the is other a so bit, did you, i would sum it up this is a very cold and feeling movie and it does not give you the warm fuzzies in any capacity except yeah. maybe their loyalty to the the head of their department such as it was when he died well i think the problem basically is is that you know having having the wife sleep with you know the other character what you kind of done is not what you've now then is take the the home life of this one character that's supposed to be this is supposed to be his rock his reality something to get home to this is what he's coming home to this is to get him away from that this is what he's fighting to get to do this so he can come back to this and then to have her sleeping with that person is like what's he got fucking got to go back to right well, she was so, going to leave him anyway after she heard that that CD. Yeah, but 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 that's but I'm saying the whole there's all. I mean, it doesn't matter if she left him or not because she's sleeping with the other guy anyway. So it's not like, right. you know. So you got this convoluted female character that probably would have been best left out of the whole thing anyway, and that probably would have saved a half hour worth of filming right there, because. Because she doesn't really mean anything. And I mean, in the Infernal Affairs, she's there. Um, the wife is there, basically, because this is what he's striving to go back to. This is the life he's striving to go back to. Right. Here, it's kind of like, well, why does he want to go back to that? Because she's she's a bit of a slag. Well, I feel like here she becomes what Billy Costigan... <laughs> and, 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 and she's unprofessional as well. Yeah. She's a therapist well, sleeping with her client. Here, 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 I think she represents what Billy Costigan feels like his life could be. That that that's where that's where I think that's that that Vera well, Farmiga fits I'm, in I'm, here. A non-professional therapist who sleeps with her client. <laughs> well, I, I think in his case, he he who, wants who's unfaithful, who's married and unfaithful. So it's like mm. he, no, they well, she, they're not married yet. Four months. They're not married yet. Uh, not married. They're but... married in the in Infernal Affairs. They're not married here because he meets her in this movie here. Yeah. And then um, he gets her to move in. And... But here, but, here, I feel like she she's the representation of what Costigan imagined his life could be. You know, the the very the very beautiful, very intelligent, professional woman that you know Costigan's a guy from a broken from like a completely broken lower right. middle class family. Uh, they they're all you know they're you know they they go down the history. They're all thieves. They're all thugs. They're liars. They're this. They're that. Why should we trust you in the department right. when you come from shit? And Basically. I think she represents something that he wants to aspire to, That's moving away cool. from just you know the uh, you know the low the lower the lower class uh, women that guys like him are used to. And I think that I, I think. I think in that way, I think it kind of switches roles here where in the other movie, she's, you know, she is, uh, she's Lau's rock and what he has to come, uh, what he comes home to and what keeps him grounded. I think she, in this movie is what keeps Costigan wanting to do right in a weird way. I don't know if they achieved it entirely. I don't know if they, if they completely pulled it off. He's That's such the vibe a tragic that I character in this movie. I mean, he's truly tragic. I mean, you mean, just, you just, mean just, uh, DiCaprio uh, yeah. uh, as Costigan? Yeah, I absolutely. Um, it's so sad. His character's so sad because well, even though I didn't know it was going to happen the first time I saw it, I knew it wasn't going to end well. I, I just didn't know it was going to end like that. And we didn't talk about it here, but um, uh, we didn't talk about it for the first uh, for the first film. But in the first film, his character in the first film has apparently 
they never say it straight out has a child with the woman that he runs into on the street. Cause I get the feeling that that's his daughter. Cause, yeah. um, uh, you know, Hey, I haven't seen you. Uh, I haven't seen you in six years. Oh, is this your little girl? How old is she? Five. And then after, after he leaves, she goes, mommy, I'm going to be six. So that immediately implanted in my head. Oh, wait a minute. That little girl is, uh, is his. So here, yeah. Um, it's just sad. I mean, both it's, characters. It's sad either way. In the, in the other movie, in the other movie, he we, I, it, presumably, and I don't know if Keith agrees with me on this or not. I think I think that's supposed to be his little girl. He leaves behind a little girl in the in the uh, in Infernal Affairs. Here, here he never gets anything that he wants. No, nothing. Like he except, like there's except an honorable burial, an honorable burial, and that's because Matt Damon just decided, "Oh, mighty white of me today. I think I'll give him an honorable." <laughs> You know, I, I fucked him over. You know? Well, I, I think I think that's more him trying to to play up to the uh, Vera Farmiga character and trying to kind of be like, "Hey, see, I did the right thing here. I admitted he yeah. was a cop. I gave him his proper honors. I gave him his proper burial." Uh, I, I think that's uh, I think that's what that was for. I think it was all in the commission of keeping his relationship with the woman who apparently. Is the uh, mother of his child? It, did you find it comical at the end when um, when Wahlberg goes after Damon and Damon just standing there? He goes, "Okay," and then he just shoots him in the head. Well, he, he like, okay. I mean, at that point, what was he going to do? He's holding yeah. groceries. He's not going to be able to defend himself. He just has to. <laughs> this is it. He's yeah, you know okay. he, you know he's you see he's got you know his his feet wrapped up so he's not leaving footprints he's he's in like a smock so he doesn't get blood yeah. all over him at that point there's nothing Matt Damon's gonna do at that point to defend himself right right he's completely fucked did you think so, he deserved that kind of ending considering his part yeah, in all of the absolutely melee? absolutely he's the real villain more so than uh, than Costello or, or, or yeah Nicholson. yeah more. Yeah, more well, so Nicholson than was turning in people for the FBI. That's where it gets all convoluted. Everybody was doing shit. Well, that, that, that's else. where the Whitey Bulger thing comes in. Because yeah, he, yeah. I don't know if they ever, I don't know if, there was, if that was ever confirmed to be true or not. But apparently Bulger Whitey Bulger signed. was turning in people to the FBI. And it was the same, uh, uh, the same story as here where it was like, uh, there were people who were going to go down anyway, but if it kept me out, if it kept me out of their right. purview and kept me running, then you know, fuck them. They're they're about to be caught anyway. I never gave up anybody who wasn't going to be caught. Um, so, so nobody there. really knows what happened except Mark Wahlberg. He's really the only one that actually knows the truth in this yeah. whole saga, basically. Yeah, and I feel like there isn't anybody in Infernal Affairs that was except Lau. No, well, well, yeah, but I, I, he, there's the Mark Wahlberg character. There's no equivalent to him in Infernal Affairs, no. as far as I could ascertain. Well, I mean, maybe the guy that shot him in the back in the in no, but that would be uh, that would be um, not Anthony Edwards. Uh, that would be the other guy. Uh, yeah, there. I guess you're right. There isn't no. There's there's not anybody. Yeah, there isn't before. anybody there that's that's the equivalent of Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg in the Asian. Version. Because yeah, uh, Wong doesn't have that second man. Right, that's right. The yeah. way Quinlan has uh, the Wahlberg character here, so it's um. So yeah, I, I guess he's just a character that must have been made up, unless I just missed it, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he did. I think he got it. Um, I think here, 
uh, one thing that works better here um, is the other undercover cop that we, you know, that that's revealed after he's dead. The one who shot in the gunfight after Quinlan uh, falls off the roof. I think that was handled better here than it was in infernal affairs because in infernal affairs, we don't know he's shot that he just, he just dies while, while he's driving. <laughs> Whereas here we see him get shot. We understand what's going on. And, you know, again, maybe this is also Scorsese. Like I said before, he spells it out more for you where he, uh, he's more obvious with it. He goes, well, we knew the one guy who wasn't going to be there. Uh, uh, wasn't going to be there is the, um, is the snitch. And, um, did then, Wayne Heat he, have anything to do with this film? You know, James Cagney film. You're saying that Scorsese might have taken some of Cagney's White Heat. Oh, uh, yeah. I can see a little that. bit of Cody Jarrett. I can see a little bit of it. Um, but I, I think, well, Scorsese, yeah, Scorsese, you know, he, he loves those movies. So there, there's probably a bunch of stuff that I'd have to, I'd have to go back and, uh, and rewatch it again, looking for specific moments from White Heat that are recreated here. But, it's a real life. They had a real life former detective was an advisor on this particular movie. Well, when you're yeah here, they're bringing in elements of of real life stuff. So I guess you, you do kind of need uh, you do kind of need uh, some people that, that, that can fill in some blanks. Was Whitey Bulger still alive at the point when they made this movie? I don't even know. Whitey Bulger, I think he was dead, but I might be wrong because I. I no, I, I know he died relatively recently. I want to say in the last two decades. I want, I want to say he lived until the 2000s. I don't think he died in the 90s. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of Scorsese's love of, of doing like a crime movie, but then also melding real life into it. And I, I, feel, I feel like it works here. And I, you know, like I said, I love both movies. Um, I do, maybe it's, he died October 30th, 2018. Okay, so Whitey Bulger died very recently. So he was definitely still alive when The Departed came out. Right. He was probably serving, serving He had two life sentences plus five years forfeiture on 25.2 million and 19.8 million restitution. He was styling. <laughs> uh, Nicholson here, though. Yeah. Man, you want to talk about just, just chewing. This is like Al Pacino levels of chewing scenery in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like this, like he's, he's not as much Frank Costello as he is Jack Nicholson as, you know, as a villain. Like, and I couldn't, like, he's one of those guys that I realized Wahlberg's the only one who got an Academy Award nomination uh, for, for his acting in this. But Nicholson, when he's on camera, man, in this movie, I think Scorsese just let him go. But you cannot take your eyes off him because he's just, Formidable. everything from his facial expressions and everything. And it may not be, you know, a technically good, like he disappears into a performance. It's Jack. You're not getting a character. You're getting Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this? The, I mean, yeah, you got Jack, and then you got other movies as Jack, and then there's Jack. I mean, he's always Jack, except maybe in the Wolf Man or the Wolf or whatever. Uh, wolf. Well, even yeah. then, oh, he's, even then, he's, he's still, still Jack. He's still Jack. <laughs> well, I, well, Ever he's since... a little more lovable in that. The uh, the the only time that I could say like, well, up in you know Chinatown maybe is the last one that I can think of, or maybe yeah. the Missouri Breaks. Where he I think was, it's, I, 
I think anything before one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yes, I was going to say one flew over the cuckoo's nest is yeah, probably a little the... shop of horrors. <laughs> a little shop. Yeah, no, you know we, we still, do. Get he, he's still he's still Jack <laughs> he's there still though. Jack. He's still okay. Jack. He's yeah. Jack. Okay. And there's there's a couple scenes if you've uh, if you've ever seen Roger Corman's The Raven, where yeah. uh, he he's the young man who's t- who's taking uh, 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 taking Vincent Price's daughter out on the carriage. There's he starts to go crazy and you start seeing it in his eyes. Yes. It starts yeah. in his eyes, then it comes down into the grid. So that Jack was always there, but it wasn't until yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Anything before one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like Chinatown, you get a subdued performance, right? But the Missouri breaks you get, but it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest and beyond. Everything is just Jack Nicholson. You cannot, he's mm. nothing else in Batman. He's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. He stole <laughs> the show in that too. You know, I always he, loved everything. He goes, where does he get all of these wonderful toys? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's what we got here is we got Jack playing Jack again. But yeah. uh, I I enjoyed it because I enjoyed watching him. He is abs- he is absolutely insane. He is fun, to watch. He is fun, to, fun watch. to watch. Um, DiCaprio, I'm amazed. I, I have I've never seen Blood Diamond, but I'm apparently going to have to go it's see it. It's a good it movie. It's a good movie because that's the movie he got nominated for, as opposed to this one. So I was surprised go- it got nominated. I did not know that to you guys. So I didn't know it was Oscar material. It was a good movie. Yeah, the, apparently that's that's the one he got nominated the same year this came out because the only I think if I remember correctly, the only acting nomination, I think, was Wahlberg. I oh. thought he was excellent in The Revenant. I thought he deserved one for that. Actually, you know, uh, a lot of people beg to differ with that opinion. And that's OK. This is America. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to have to go. I'm, yeah, I'm going to make a note to check out Blood Diamond because. Now I have to know what the hell this is all about. I, I got, I've got to see this. You'll like it. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely. Um, I love Nicholson's performance in this. Um, what like about he the filmography? What did you think about? About what? How they shot it. Oh, it's there were there were moments I, like I turned multiple times to Sean and I'm like this, like I. I was getting excited over a movie that I've seen multiple times. Um, the movie, the the movie theater, you know, when uh, he's tailing uh, Matt Damon after after the movie theater. They, you know, in the original version, it's not as much here. Here, it's it's Hitchcock, it's the Palma. Like he he pulled more Scorsese pulled more from them than he did for Infernal Affairs here. So. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I, I even all the twists and turns here. Like, as much as I say that, yeah, you know, it's a Hollywood movie, so it does kind of spell things out for you. Right. Um, in this version, I feel like uh just all the twists and turns just really, really, really worked out, really, really played well with each other. Well, he also does the I mean Martin Scorsese also puts in the whole Catholic guilt and everything in that as well, sort of thing. That was something else that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, Scorsese had to had to you know obviously Americanize it and uh, and Westernize it, 
And what better way to do that than to throw everything in Catholicism, you know, throw Catholicism in there. Oh, man, they threw a shit ton of Catholicism <laughs> in there. I was like, oh, holy shit, I'm starting to get a twitch. The scene with the priest. Nicholson walks over and he talks about, yeah, you know, sis, sister, whatever, and I, yeah, we yeah, had our little yeah. thing. And he, leaves, he leaves a little drawing on the table. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, that is so Boston, so Irish. I used to live in Boston. Boston, and that is just so typical. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You lived in Boston. I've never been. I've never been that far. I, li- I lasted years. about four or five months. I didn't. I didn't really <laughs> like it that much. So, yeah, it's a it's a town where everything my is. Bank. I was a bank teller, and they kept robbing it. <laughs> yeah, there's um, but but yeah, the, the big difference that I, I started to talk about with Infernal Affairs, but I didn't get into here. In Infernal Affairs, the very beginning, um, it's uh. It's Sam with his his group of boys that he's going to send out to infiltrate the police. Right. And there they make it very clear he has multiple uh, multiple ores in the police department. So he's got. So at the end, I feel like, okay, it's not that surprising that it turns out that there's all these guys who are in on it here. They show. DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Anthony, uh, Anthony uh, Edwards going through the police department. So here it's not as cut and dry. If you haven't seen Infernal Affairs, which I didn't see the first time, no. uh, you know, the first time I saw the Departed, I hadn't seen Infernal Affairs. You don't know. You just think, okay, Matt Damon's the only mole. So then when uh, DiCaprio's head gets blown off at the, uh, you know, at the end, it's a little bit more surprising because you didn't know that it was coming. You didn't expect it. I didn't so, expect that. That was, that totally blew my mind when that happened. I did not know that was going to happen. First time I saw it. And it yeah, bothers was, me every time I watch it now, because I know it's coming and I don't want to see it. I didn't I, see I, how he got killed. He didn't deserve it. I got, I got squirmy <laughs> when they were entering the, uh, when, I, when they were entering the office building in, uh, in infernal affairs. So I was like, Oh, Wong's getting chucked from the roof. I know. <laughs> Another thing they said there, they worked him over for 10 minutes. They, and he still didn't give, he, he still didn't give up who the guy was. Um, here, DiCaprio's running down the stairs. And by the time he gets down there, that's when, or he uh, comes down the fire escape. By the time he gets down there, as soon as he, he goes, uh, as soon as he comes out of the cab, whoosh. So there wasn't that much time. So I, I feel like that didn't establish the connection as well. Um, although you do get that sense Wait, do they have an equivalent scene here? Because in, uh, in in Infernal sure. Affairs, they have Wong giving him the watch. And he says, I don't really wear watches, but he, he wears this one. You know, oh, well, I know your birthday is the 25th, right? There's that whole thing. I don't think they have anything like that with here with Quinlan and Costigan, do they? Or did I miss they it? They had like, let me see. They had like, uh, well, maybe it wasn't. There was key, they had this, the key scenes, like the roof scene. They had the elevator scene. I see, but it but is but here it feels like they're they're working more on establishing the relationship to uh, between Costigan and Costello, right? Whereas in the other movie, I felt like they they focused more on the relationship with uh, with Superintendent Wong, right? Um, so that that that's that's a little bit different. Uh, again, I could be feel that. To get yeah. someone a gift is also to bring in the closeness and the yeah, you know, which and, I, and it's almost it's almost like buying a friendship or perpet you know moving 
a relationship forward when you buy someone, especially something like a watch. So technically they were looking for, okay, like in the other movie, and this Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio were trying to find each other is what they were doing, right? They were trying that they were after each other, only they didn't know that they were the mole and the the rat. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, that but but that was my question. Was is there like unless I missed it in the departed, is there a gift like that? Does Quinlan give Costigan anything that where where we we established? I don't remember any I don't, I don't remember, remember any gift sort of thing. There's I a lot of um yeah a lot of like buddy you know buddy shoulder thing. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I mean, maybe that's the equivalent where maybe in Hong Kong it's more like the gift means more than, you know. Because I mean the thing is if you don't like someone and they buy you like a coffee, it does warm you to that person. Definitely. You know, and that kind of stuff. So and I think and I think that kind of helps understand why, you know, there might be you know, there's more trust in this situation than than just going out for a drink together or something. Did you think that? Uh, did you think that Matt Damon and DiCaprio hated each other? Was there animosity, or is it just like fuck, this is sucks kind of thing? Because I mean, let's—he did sleep with his his woman. He doesn't find I out. I, uh, he doesn't find out. I think that they just don't have much in common with each other. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, I guess, I mean, uh, I, well, they're two sides guess, of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin, but also. The way that they, I mean, The Departed, I do like, but it's not one of my favorites. But I have to sit there and say, the way the, the way DiCaprio and Matt Damon act, you don't get a lot of warmth from these characters when they're in no. any other movie. Anyway, they're kind of like these, you know, they're kind of like they're like these two islands that always appear in movies. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no, there's no closeness with anyone, you know, even, I mean, born, you know, born identity. Right. Uh, well, I mean, even in Titanic where he's supposed to be this lovable rogue, there's no closeness to Leon. Leon um, I mean, he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but right. he, you never see these close knitting, you know, friendly. <laughs> um, <laughs> even in Goodwill hunting, Matt Damon doesn't have any rope at for himself. So, you know, there's never these like, even when he's buddy buddy, the only time you see Matt Damon be buddy buddy is when he's with Ben Affleck in a movie, and that's oh, it. well, yeah, true. <laughs> that's because they grew up together, so they they, yeah. they they have that natural chemistry from you know knowing each other for at that point twenty years. Yeah, they both grew but, up in Boston he, together. Yeah, but if you put but if you put Matt Damon, even when he's having, even if he's in a in a comedy or or he's in a relationship as showing as the husband there's still no closeness with the wife or children (laughs) (laughs) DiCaprio is kind of the same thing as well so so because he's dating 25 25 and under that's right (laughs) like adults I wonder if before, but wonder if before he kissed Vera Farmiga, he's like, Mark, she's under 25, right? I think she was under, no, I think she was like, totally oh, she was young. She young was really in young. This. She was, she was just, I mean, she's still young. a beautiful woman to this oh, day. If you've seen the Conjuring movies, you know, she's still a very, very beautiful she's woman. Beautiful. So I, I don't know how old she was at this point, but she was, she, she was super like young. And this, well, this was, well, yeah, because this was uh, 2006. So this was 17 years ago. 
Yeah. So she was. So, yeah, she was super young now because she's got to be like, I think, in her 40s now. And yeah, now I'm going to look it up because it irritates me when I don't know. <laughs> yeah, go right. Go right. I got to go but... through all the acting sisters to get to her. But yeah, uh, if, if they if they remake if they remake this film, they can get her sister to play the part. So. <laughs> if they, <laughs> and they probably and they probably bring DiCaprio back to re- reprise the same role. So. <laughs> so she was in her thirties when she made this. She's forty nine now. Oh wow, DiCaprio was really stretching there, man. That's that's yeah, that's she old. Was like, that's she old was for like, him. She was probably four years over the limit. Like Mar- Marty, what are you doing to me? I gotta kiss. I gotta kiss this woman who's thirty one. What are you trying yeah, to but do? That, but at that point, like DiCaprio was dating older women, and as he got older, they became younger and younger. So it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, because DiCaprio's there. really young in this too, because he's he's got to be like what late twenties, fifties now, isn't he? Yeah, but he would be in his late twenties when he made this film. So, okay, Leo, how old are you, you pervert? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I love him to death, but my God, you know. Hey, you know what? If you know, if 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 he could, if he could have that at his age, and everyone, everyone's consenting, he's and everyone's he's not a spring chicken anymore himself. Forty-eight. So yeah, he was he was uh thirty-one then when this when this yeah, thirty-one. Yeah. Do you know that he actually every time he appears and this I I, I read this and I read it in several things I thought it was funny. He got, talk about women being not thrifty. He goes, he has his favorite eyebrow threader that he goes to. 20,000, you'll waste gasoline, jet fuel to go 20,000 miles away to get his eyebrows just fucking perfect. And then he yells at us Who? for using cars. Who, DiCaprio? <laughs> yeah, he, he, probably, he probably flies in his private plane to do that. I know. And then he said, he'll just say, excuse would, me, I'll pull up to Davos would, in my would, private would, plane. After I get my eyebrows waxed 20,000 yeah. miles over this way. Yeah. <laughs> And on the on the way, he'll stop by and meet Harry and Megan. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess um, let's rate the departed. So, how many stars do you give it, Vicky? I'll give it straight up five. Both movies were were excellent and awfully engaging. I, I would tell everybody watch them both. I'm gonna watch the other two because I didn't know there was two other counterparts. And it looks like it's gonna be pretty good. So I think I found something to watch tonight. But they're <laughs> awfully good. They're both at the ending. It, it sucks, but it's good. I mean, it just did not expect that. But I, I, I take it you mean it sucks as in it's it's a downer of an ending. It's not a, that the a ending fucking sucks. downer of an ending, <laughs> but it's brilliant and fabulous in a way to end because you don't get you don't get any happiness. If you want a feel good movie, if you're suicidal, this is not your cup of tea. So is, uh... <laughs> it's not going to make you feel good. It's a good movie though. It's, it's really good. And um, what what do you give it, um, Joe? I give it a five just just as I did Infernal Affairs, because I think both movies, they they take on the subject matter completely differently. But I think both actually work. I know there are criticisms of Scorsese's version. Um, I, I understand the criticism of combining the, uh, the the the, uh, the two female characters as one. But that's something that I. If you, you know, you listen to uh, the make remake uh, last month when we did uh, Salem's Lot. I 
tend to think that when you combine characters, I feel like it's a good thing because a lot of times mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't make everything as convoluted as, uh, as it could be. I mean, this, this, this film, there's so many, you know, so many moving parts that it's yes. going to be difficult enough uh, to figure True. out without True. adding another character. Uh, and I liked that it gave, while, while she herself might have not had, might not have added anything to Matt Damon's part. I do feel she added more to DiCaprio's part, even if the character herself didn't really do much. Um, I, I, I feel like she definitely made, and I don't know, maybe it's uh, coming from like, you know, lower, lower middle-class in Brooklyn, that kind of, you know, well-educated, beautiful, you know, uh, woman is like what guys like that grew up in that that kind of strive for um so i guess i kind of understood that aspect of it um but both yeah i, I th- really raw they i love really both part of well, well, this, I, I don't know that this one's i don't know that the departed is raw the, the departed feels a lot more polished because i mean it's scorsese and it's you know he's got 40 million dollars or whatever are polished i mean I, I get what you mean about polish i mean i thought the first one it's, its predecessor was a little more raw natural kind of thing but i mean he just doesn't pull any punches on he's not trying to make you feel good <laughs> no <laughs> no anyway also, oh, I, know, I know what I what I mean. You know, when I say polished, I don't. It doesn't mean to make you feel good, but um, I, I mean, I, I'm going to give the Departed four because I think it's too long. Personally, I think. Well, they did add fifty minutes to the. I didn't feel the length. Amazing. Uh, I, I felt I felt the length, but I think it's only because there's a lot of ad libbing going on here. That oh, there's definitely they, that. <laughs> And and you I think and, and, living in what capacity? Which they're making up the lines as they go along. Sometimes it's like in some sense taking the script, they go off, they go off script, and they and you, and you know you, you kind of get that feel. And I just think that though it's great to see these actors ad living with each other, that sometimes they, they sometimes they're, they're having a conversation. And you're like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Does it really matter? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's. Because we're kind of going to look at, you know, we got we got these fantastic actors and these fantastic actors doing this fantastic thingy. And and sometimes for me, it kind of like kind of takes me, took me away a little bit where yeah. I think that, I mean, you can have ad-libbing and, and it can work very, very effectively. But mm-hmm. I think that Martin Scorsese does a hell of a job directing this and being able to manage this cast has done a very good job. But I also think that sometimes I think he let him off the lease sometimes a bit too much, gotcha. you know. In Nicholson's so. case, in Nicholson's case, yeah, there's there's times where, like I said, you realize you realize you're watching Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, in Mark Wahlberg's case, I got a feeling a lot of Mark Wahlberg stuff was also was also ad libbed. Uh, you know the you know. Well, he, Mark, I don't know. If, I don't know if his stuff is ad libbed or he just talks that way. Everything he, he just does. talks I mean, look that at, way. Look, well, yeah. Well, that's what I. That's what I mean. In his case, it yeah. seemed natural. Like that whole thing about oh fuck you motherfucker. Oh uh, well, uh, how, how's your mother? Oh, she's tired from fucking my father. You know yeah. that, <laughs> that whole bit. Yeah. I forgot about that. that and every bit. time I, it actually I I'm sexual. sorry, but. Adam Sandberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine ruined kind of Mark Wahlberg for me anyway when you hear about Mark, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg talks, talks to pets. Animals. <laughs> what do you animals. do? 
Mark, he does Mark Wahlberg because you know what Mark Wahlberg is <laughs> happening. He talks to the plants. Goes, Come on, plants. Are you going to be able to kill us? Are <laughs> you, you sent me that plant? before. I remember you and he has, and then and then you got like Adam Sandberg like redoing this scene, but without but Adam, Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. Hello, how are you? It's like kind of, and so every time I see that, I now think Mark Wahlberg. So that <laughs> might be a little bit of a problem for me now with The Departed. Hey, goat, how you doing? So your goat, what's that like? Yeah, say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, look, yeah. look up Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. I know it's on YouTube because I don't think SNL ever. I don't think SNL ever took it down. They shouldn't. It'd be a crime against comedy yeah. to take that down. Oh my god, they didn't take it down. And it's, and, and it's Adam Sandberg at his best. Uh, yeah, thing. it's fantastic. he does a great Mark Wahlberg. It's absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's fucking funny. I forgot you guys sent me that like two or three months ago. So one of you did. I know it was probably Joe. <laughs> yeah, he, um, yeah, but I, I, I agree. You know, like that's the thing with with the departed. I agree with you guys on on. Oh, I, I should mention because Sean couldn't be here today. Uh, the comparison he made. He he loves both movies. He thinks the departed is the better film. And uh, the way he put it to me, which totally makes sense, he said Infernal Affairs is like a really good fillet. Uh, you know, The Departed is just a tomahawk, and there's he feels that there's more meat on the bone on that one. And that's uh, you know that's how I, I prefer The Departed, but I don't know if that's because I saw it first or if it's like if it's actually the better movie. It seems. Uh, the consensus story. seems to be the departed because the departed you see on on a lot more of the you know the top movies the top 200 movies and all that stuff the departed ends up being in there a lot more uh than infernal affairs does but i love both movies they're both fantastic they're excellent they're both excellent Well, this brings us to the end of the Literature License Podcast. Our make we make for next month will be Halloween from 1978 and the Rob Zombie Halloween from 2007. And, of course, next week, our Eminem film, will, which is Monsters and Mad Men, will be Sinister from 2012. And we are still here from 2015. And, of course, Doctor Who will be continuing with Reign of Terror. And we will also be concluding our books to screens with the talented Mr. Ripley by Patricia Highsmith and the 1999 film version of the same name. And we also be covering Batman, which will be covering four episodes, which will be The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne, Heart of Steel Part 1 and Part 2. And if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? So I guess it's good night <laughs> for myself. And good night, Vicky. Good night. Good night, Joe. Good night. And good night for myself, and we'll see you next week for Sinister. First things first, I'ma say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, ooh, the way that things have been. Oh, ooh. Second thing, second, don't you tell me what you think that I can be. I'm the one at the sale, I'm the master of my sea. Oh, ooh. I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the
Good. Can't. <laughs> 